Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into island sport brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. Uh, my name is Tony Kern. With me as ever, it's Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingrall. Hi, Tony. Good to see you guys. Um, how's it all going? Very well, thank you. I didn't have a Good. late night like, like the rest of you did last night. True. We were, yeah, we were black tied up for... Uh, uh, for the CI Sports Awards 2023 last night at Beaux Jour, Jamie. Not the same table, so I can keep an eye on you. But yeah, of course, of course, I think I'd know who I'd be keeping an eye on out of you two. That's a night. No, it was, it was a really good night. A really yeah, good night. Lovely um, evening. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, lots to enjoy, um, particularly from an Island Games perspective. Um, lots of great reflections uh, and fantastic footage from uh, from last year's games. Um, Got to start with the big winner, though, the main award of the night, which uh, probably unsurprisingly in some regard went mm. to Alex Scott, um, who, uh, yeah, the second uh, Guernsey footballer in a row to win that prestigious prize after Mayor Letizia, of course, last season or last year. Um, yeah, very well deserved. I mean, the, the others in contention, of course, Sam Caldwell, Josh Lewis um, from Guernsey and Hannah Silcock, the, t- the young table tennis player from Jersey. Um, yeah, really strong field. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, a- another award. Uh, another bit of silverware, another accolade for Alex Scott's shelf. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like you say, Tony, the strength and depth of that that category is quite phenomenal, really. When you see what, um, certainly from a local perspective, what Sam and Josh have been doing in the last couple of years has just been outstanding. And, and Hannah Silcock is making sort of big waves in table tennis at a very young age. But when you're coming up against a, a guy who's just been signed for sort of 25 million in the in the Premier League, you know, sort of like um, should hopefully in the next few weeks be picked to England under 21 side or squad for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the profile there is just phenomenal, really. What Alex has done in in his short career so far, really. So um, yeah, it's, it was uh, it wasn't a surprise when he was announced. It's great that he's got his name on that trophy because, like you say, he's adding his name to a long list of outstanding sportsmen and women. So, yeah, it's just nice to have a, another Guernsey winner, really. Absolutely. It's what we like to see. Um, and it was nice he joined via um, video chat, um, obviously uh, preparing uh, for Bournemouth's game against Fulham this weekend, at Fulham this weekend. Um, and his mum, Steph, and uh, granddad, Essie, uh, took to the stage to, to pick up the award. Essie, particularly uh, emotional. It was a really nice moment. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, great to see the... well just the pride amongst Alex's family, understandably. So, um, yeah, really good to see. Um, but he wasn't the only Guernsey winner, was he, uh, Jamie? Um, yeah, a couple of other moments to enjoy from a Sarnian perspective. Another massive one locally was their Michael Lucas Sporting Hero Award, which sort of goes to like an unsung hero of their sports. And yeah, it was nice to see it go to archery stalwarts Steve Yates. He's put in over three decades of work to a sport. So I think, yeah, it's thoroughly deserved. Of course, it being an Island Games year, it's nice to see the Island Games theme continue with the Island Games Organising Committee again taking home a big bit of silverware, like following their reception at the Guernsey Sports Commission Awards. Yeah, so they took home like a special judges awards. And I think further to the theme of the Island Games, we also had a little vote off for like our favourite moment of the Island Games. And I mean, the triathlon was my personal highlight. So I was quite pleased to see that come out top. Obviously, Guernsey getting two golds on their first, yeah, two individual golds in one of the first like medal events of the games yeah that's fantastic yeah obviously a lot of people in that room must have read your recollections of that triathlon <laughs> and uh, uh went with you on it i think i think it's quite close i think it's like point 
I think it was, oh, it was like within a percent of each other. So I'd like to think I potentially swung it, but I'd say that's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, a really good do all round. Um, yeah, well done to everyone behind the scenes um, uh, for making it happen again. Because um, yeah, really, uh, uh, always a really impressive show. Um, just a quick word on uh, our other two main award nominees, Josh and Sam. Um, Sam Colwell back in action or in action for the first time this season, uh, this weekend, Jamie. And yeah, first time he'll be riding for his new team, St. Piran. It's it's almost like a flashback for me seeing that he's going to race at that event in Portsmouth. So it's basically, uh, they used to call it the Perth Pedal. It's now the Portsdown Classic, but it's still the same event. Uh, 2019 was his big breakthrough year. He went with a Guernsey team and placed sixth that year so now with an actual team behind him St Piran who actually took a one two three in last year's event I mean it'll be very interesting to see what he's capable of it's an event which attracts a lot of the top British guys and looking at the entries it's really interesting oh we've got Ed Clancy in there yeah triple Olympic gold medalist it's quite a short it, yeah it's quite a short road race uh it's kind of a traditional English season opener um I actually went to university in Portsmouth so I've got an appreciation for the climb uh Ports Downhill it's like twice as high as Valdez has it's yeah it's a pretty nasty climb okay so uh yeah that's in store for Sam this weekend but obviously he knows it well as you say um really good to see him uh involved and uh yeah you know after um the kind of well unwanted drama of his team folding at the start of last season um yeah it's good to see him in action early on uh start of february so uh, yeah we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that and uh, we'll have some report and reaction i'm sure in the paper next week um and josh lewis as well it was uh, great to hear him talking last night looking ahead to the to the year ahead and his ambitions for 2024 um yeah clearly after that uh, exceptional um exceptional uh, result in the ironman 70.3 world championships where he's yeah kind of one of the best british finishers ever um yeah targeting uh, uh, more success uh, at, at that distance or over that distance and and in the longer version as well so uh, yeah we'll be right across how those guys get on this year of course um well, let's change tack to some of the stuff that's been in the paper this week just wanted to touch on a couple of the stories that we've been running this week because uh, yeah, it's going to be a sort of busy um few weeks and months ahead of course of, of action but sort of off the field there's quite an interesting event this uh, this month gareth um for umpiring because we've got a couple of uh, top level international umpires coming over for a european um, sort of workshop if you like and uh, umpires coming from across the continent as well to, to work with them and a big focus as well on um, yeah encouraging local well certainly players um, but anyone really to get involved in officiating yeah the um, Guernsey Cricket Association or Guernsey Cricket is following the rebrand um, they're sort of uh, piggybacking on the back of the fact that the island is hosting this big European development um, umpires development workshop which um, has got uh, Ian Gunnar Gould, the um, the former elite uh, panel umpire, who's just he's a great character. Ian Gould, he, I've heard him his after dinner speech before. He's he's a great character. He knows so much about the game and um, was also um, heavily involved in football in his younger years as well. So he's great to listen to. And also David Jukes, who's a, a match official for the um, ICC. They're coming over to facilitate the uh, workshop. But yeah, so um, Guernsey cricket, uh, sort of, you know use the fact they're over here in the island at the last weekend of the month try and encourage um, more locals to take up both umpiring and scoring I mean obviously a lot of people play cricket over here but um, sort of once they finished playing perhaps you know their bodies start letting them down a bit I certainly know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> I no longer play um, but you know they can stay involved in the game and um, you always need umpires always always need scorers as well and um, the, the great sort of uh, appetite for it um, is the fact that you can you can go from just being a local 
umpire onto the international scene. You know, we, we've got guys now who, who do go to ICC international events that can take you around the world doing these things. And um, it, as uh, Carl Brooks, who's one of those, who's also the interim um, Guernsey Cricket Chief Executive, as he says, it's it's quite a quick route. If you if you're sort of like really interested in doing it, you can you can do a couple of seasons of local cricket and pretty soon be on that um, on the international stage doing uh, doing tournaments. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great great chance to sort of stay involved or get involved if you're just uh, interested in cricket. And um, yeah, it's it's a good opportunity to learn from some of the best who are coming over here. Yeah, get involved if you can. It's cool to see Guernsey hosting an event like this. I mean, it just sort of cricket as much as any other sport it sort of shows how plugged in we are to the sort of international kind of scene if you like yeah and um you, you sort of always also got to remember with the, the way cricket is developing and evolving around the world that um, we got i think it's about 20 people coming over sort of to take part in the european workshop and they're from sort of countries like portugal germany obviously jersey as well and um just all around europe and everyone has got that chance to sort of go that step further now. You, you sort of like, you think of cricket, you think of the Big Ten, really, the, the test-playing nations. But, um, yeah, there's opportunities all around the world. And uh, it, it's great to be a part of that. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to go to several tournaments off-island, obviously, in, in my reporting capacity. Um, but if you're an official at those, you also get to work alongside some of the best in the game. You know, I've been at um, places with Steve Davis, not the snooker player, <laughs> but you, uh, the Australian umpire who was, who's a really great character and uh, also one of Tony Hill was at one of them. And, and they just they help along the, these perhaps up and coming umpires from the uh, from what you'd perhaps call the lesser nations or the, the associate nations is the best way of describing it. And um, it's just a really great experience to, to see cricket at a higher level, but um, also be a participant in it. You ever thought about umpiring? No, I actually said to Carl, umpiring, I, if you give the wrong decision, you feel quite bad about it. But, um, scoring was always... I used to do scoring when I was a kid, when I was very much younger, and um, my brother was playing sort of junior league cricket. I used to actually go scoring those games. And I always quite enjoyed that because it did make you feel part of it. And... Um, uh, you know, scoring isn't quite as controversial as umpiring can be, fortunately. <laughs> yeah. But no, it is a great way to be involved, and yeah, it's it, it's something that you know I might consider later on again. Once uh, perhaps once my reporting days are over, I might go back to the school book. Mm. Probably get a good view from the middle. To be fair, for yeah. for a match report. <laughs> well, we'll have more on that umpire workshop uh, when it happens. I think later on this month, isn't it? Um, later on this summer, Jamie. Uh, something else that was on the well, the back page of the paper earlier this week uh, is confirmation or news of exactly what this uh, new uh, expanded granite man will look like now called the granite 100 um quite an exciting prospect uh, yeah just, just tell us about what that event is going to look like now well yeah i guess it's an interesting one because we're trying to pit on our bigot like biggest and best granite man i say yes but actually like we're making it a bit shorter and a bit sleeker and like streamlining it to like professional standards and calling it the granite 100 because it's now 100k uh so that's sort of following hot on the heels of a professional triathletes organization who've announced their new series called the t100 so we're now coming out of our g100 so yeah, uh, I don't think you can technically call it Granite Man anymore because that was based on the old half Iron Man standard. But yeah, okay, so we're putting on this really interesting professional looking event. It would have two descents into the quarry. It looks like quite a challenge, but also like, yeah, trying to make a massive tourism thing out of it. And also uh, we've revealed a few more details of like the whole weekend that we're trying to put on with it. So we have a quite an interesting looking swim adventure on the friday i think we're also going for a bit of a fun run and giving their like fun runners a chance to try the quarry 
<laughs> well, it's quite challenging for a fun one, but I'm sure there's yeah there'll be quite a lot of demand for it. Yeah, as fun as that sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, good to see uh, good to see the guys at Guernsey Triathlon. Um, yeah, really kind of seizing on that Island Games momentum and and um, bringing something new to that uh, Granite Man event. Um, yeah, entries open this week, didn't they? So we'll um, we'll see what the take ups yeah. like. And I know that they're kind of looking at a sort of soft launch, if you like, aren't they, yes. this year with a view maybe uh, well hopefully in coming years to kind of build it out and attract more overseas entries. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting actually like a soft launch um so okay we have publicized it but it's been many through the guernsey and jersey channels and yeah we can do this first event i'm sure it'll go very well and then yeah once we get a feel for how the event operates look to bring in more people from france etc yeah good stuff uh, that's to come later on this summer um still a few weeks away gareth from the golf season or well, probably only a few weeks or a couple of weeks really now well, sort of the competition season starts sort of mid March. Actually, the yeah. first competition I think certainly Lancrest Club is the 9th of March. I think so. Yeah, it's it's just around the corner. It'll be soon upon us. Yeah, and there's uh, well going to be a bit of a significant handover in terms of the uh, the maintenance of of Lancrest <laughs> um, because uh, someone who's made a, a pretty big impact, it's fair to say, over the last few years is uh, yeah he- heading back to his native Isle. Yeah, Ollie Pennington, who's been the head greenskeeper at um, at the Lancrest Links um, for the golf course management sort of company there, which is uh, covers the whole links. Um, he, he's heading back to Jersey. He's a Jerseyman, born and bred. Um, he's got the the head grounds uh, head greenkeeper's job at Lemoyne, so that's a it's a it's a sort of the the place he sort of started his career at. So it's a great opportunity for him. So um, while he's sort of stepping away from Lancrest, he will, he will still be quite a sort of familiar face. I think he's going to be sort of con- basically consulting for for um, for a while yet. So we'll see him sort of quite regularly on weekends and what have you. Uh, but no, he's made a huge impact down at um, down at the course there. It's um, it's transformed in almost look and playability. It's been uh, it's been outstanding over the last couple of years, and uh, there's been work over this winter with the irrigation system there, which is um, is a big investment, and that should um, sort of sort out the the difficulties they've had with the, the creaking old watering system that they've had for for many years, and um, it'll look after Lancrest for many years to come. But no, he's been a he's been a you have to say a huge success down there, and it's a, it's a shame to see him go. But like I say, he's, he's not um, he's not departing um, fully. He will still be um, having a, an input into what goes on down there. So that's that's great to know. Yeah, big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, it will be for sure. I'm, uh, we'll see how how things go over in the next few months and what have you. But um, I know that the, the 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 whole team down there have really enjoyed working with Ollie, and and they've learnt a lot from him. And um, I think they'll just continue with with the work he he sort of started there and continue to bring the. Course um, forward. Yeah, well, Lancrest's loss is Lemoy's gain. Um, yeah, best of luck uh, to Ollie. Uh, it is moved back there and uh, yeah, wish him all the best um, for the new job. Uh, right, before we uh, look ahead to what's going on this weekend, and there is quite a lot on the uh, on the schedule, uh, home and away, um, let's just uh, hear from someone who's, uh, well, had a great start to 2024. Perhaps someone will be in contention if things carry on uh, the way he started for those big sports awards at the end of the year. Um, that is Seb Prio. Of course, we spoke about on the last couple of pods um, doing so well at Daytona owner at the Rolex 24 there um, securing a pole position um, uh, in his uh, first race uh, stepping up to the new GTD Pro uh, class with his team Air Racing um, yeah and uh, off the back of that pole they secured second place um, I think uh, a bit of a challenge to to rein in the Ferrari uh, on the weekend but it did very well indeed and uh, we were very pleased that he stopped by uh, the Guernsey Press office for a chat to tell us about it and look ahead to what's in store for him for the rest of the year and uh, yeah our reporter Lucy Rouget caught up with him. So Seb, it's great to see you back in Guernsey. Huge congratulations. Um, first poll 
first uh, podium of the season as well. How does it feel to, you know, now be cycling around Guernsey when you've just been on a track in America for 24 hours? Yeah, it's nice to be back home. You know, of course, I love it here. And like being in Florida is lovely, but like, you know, nothing like home. And um, I need to like reset a little bit after that race. You know, it's a really grueling race, um, really tough on the body and um, just happy to sort of be back and, yeah, just back to reality, really. But I do love, I do love it out there. And Daytona, you know, had a really good start to the season with my pole position and then uh, finishing second. So, yeah, really good start. We're leading the championship, so uh, just really couldn't be any better than that, really. So, when you do start a race with a pole position for something as long as Daytona, do you have an expectation of a podium, or is it really waiting till those final last laps? I think like with the Rolex 24, you're kind of waiting to see what happens. Even the last lap, everything can change. So um, I was just hoping that the Ferrari had a problem, but it didn't. Um, so we're lacking a bit of pace with, with the car, just with BOP really, with balance of performance. So, But well, that race is literally just survival. Um, and we did survive it and we survived with literally no damage. And that's really, you know, credit to my, my drivers, my teammates and the team as well, giving us the car. We needed it for the whole 24 hours and second is just yeah, it's amazing to finish second I mean obviously winning the Rolex would have been lovely but uh, second it's not all about the watch so uh, just happy to be on the podium yeah. and um, so do you uh, you're holding on to that for the last couple of hours is there a point in the race where you think okay actually we could be on the podium for this I you know halfway through the race unscathed right okay just getting into the early morning, the hours. Now we're starting to feel this now, you know, start sunrise and, um, you know, six hours on the clock to go. Yeah, maybe then now I start feeling a bit more like we've got a good chance, but I knew deep down that we didn't quite have the quickest car. So podium would have been like we did. We had a podium would have been our best chance. And um, yeah, we just second is kind of like a win for us really. So uh, just now resetting and um, yeah, like looking forward to the next race really. And how was the your driving stints for you? Um, you mentioned earlier that you were a bit sick. I was, yeah, unfortunately I did get um, a little bit sick during my, my race and it's not always the best feeling to have that, you know, um, but I feel a bit better now and just, I think that race, so much pressure, so much stuff going on, um, you know, it does take a toll on you, but I think, I think other factors caused that this time, which is annoying. Um, so gonna work on it and uh, assess what happened and just, yeah, keep getting stronger for the next one I guess and how did Rexy hold up I think at one point the door wasn't closing properly yeah it didn't close but the latch on the door um stopped working so it was open for like a whole stint which is kind of funny uh, but we car was amazing yeah literally no no problem at all with the car just a little bit of damage but yeah just normal battle scars after 24 hours I mean that's bound to happen when you have a race that long and when you when you do these um you know these worldwide races you're often on the same track as, you know, ex-Formula One drivers, IndyCar drivers. Do you ever get the chance to kind of step back and be like, wow, I've actually come so far? Yes, it is like, I feel like that sometimes. Like Jensen congratulated me on the podium, which was nice. And uh, I know a lot of the, the drivers there. So it's nice to have that sort of credibility from those guys. And I now kind of feel like I'm one of those, you know, those pro drivers. And yeah, definitely this weekend just helped me out a lot to just help my profile out there. Yeah, it's one of the biggest races um, in America. So yeah, just a real good to be on pole and yeah, just to show people what, what we're made of here in Guernsey. So it was nice.
recent news, speaking of Formula One drivers, Lewis Hamilton has moved to Ferrari. Um, we have just launched our fantasy Formula One. Um, who are you kind of predicting is going to do well this season, um, if you follow it, of course? And um, yeah, will you be taking part in fantasy Formula One? Yeah, I don't take part in it myself, but I mean, obviously it's big over here. I love it. Um, but I think hopefully the Mercedes is better. But um, now, you know, Lewis has left while well, leaving Mercedes. Um, yeah, I don't know whether they'll, he'll prioritise they'll prioritise him as much now, but uh, he's obviously done so much for for Mercedes, won like you know six world titles with them. So I'm sure he'll end it on a high. Try to anyway. Um, they're designing the car to touch different this year, so uh, we'll just see how um, how it performs. But hopefully, maybe get some wins and stuff. And so, what now in terms of your training? Um, now that you're back in Guernsey for a bit, are you still in the gym? You know, on the bike. Yeah, so I train with Ian Potter, um, fitness. He, he's obviously based here, so I do a lot of training with him on the bike as well. But the main training is the gym work for me. So I just hydrating and keep getting my nutrition back to where it needs to be. I'm still feeling it after the race. So you lose so much energy and sort of vitamins just from that race. It drains it out of your body. So kind of going to just quickly, I mean, slowly get up to speed again and get fit again for the next one. Yeah. And um, I know that, people don't often tend to sleep. Did you get any sleep? I know you're a bit ill this time. I did manage to get a bit of sleep. I needed it, but not a whole lot, really. You know, you at the end of the day and you're on the podium, you're, you're kind of, it's like a fuzzy feeling where you get, like, you feel tired, like, you just feel knackered, but you're on the podium celebrating, but you, you know deep down your body is sort of on the last bit. And I just couldn't wait to get back to the hotel and just, yeah, lights out pretty much. And, yeah, I felt, I felt better after I got back after the race. because I didn't feel too great during it, so... I did take a step forward, which was nice because I wasn't wasn't very well. So uh, just glad to feel a bit better now. And so your next race um, isn't until March. What can people expect from that and the rest of the season? I think I think we could, could get some wins this year for sure. We're, we're on that sort of upward trend and um, I think we could get a pole position again at Sebring and then see where that takes us from there. But I think we could get a win there for sure. Yeah, my dad also won that race. It's another big race to win. 12 hours of Sebring's huge. So yeah, hopefully we can tick that one off the bucket list. And so is it always the same setup? You'll be, you know, kind of doing the qualifying and then one of your teammates starts and one finishes or does it all change? It does change. It's it's changeable. Um, I got the honours to qualify at Daytona um, and that, yeah, that was a great, great um, P1. I just, that one of my best things in my career to date. So it will change for Sebring. Maybe I start or uh, Lauren, my teammate, qualifies. We'll also have another driver for that one. Not confirmed yet, but Michael was great. Michael Christensen I had with, with us this year. He was really good driver and a lot of experience. So it'd be nice to have him back. But whoever it is, we're just going to have to work hard. And I th I'm sure we'll get someone good. And is there any particular race this season that you're most looking forward to? Obviously that Rolex 24, I think Sebring 12 hour. Uh, Laguna Seca in Monterey, one of the big ones for me. And I think... Petit Le Mans at the end of the year is, is a really good one at Road Atlanta. So all those ones. And do you have any words for, firstly, your fans, but also fans of Rexy? Yeah, I mean, Rexy, um, all the fans, they love it so much and we love it that there's so much support um, with Rexy. So it does help us in the race car. Um, and just, yeah, we'll get a win soon for, 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 for Rexy. Thanks so much, Seb, and all the best for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Seb Prio speaking to Lucy Rouget there and uh, yes, yeah, getting ready for Sebring uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so yeah, more on that to come. Uh, right, let's have a look ahead to what's going on this weekend. Um, yeah, some really good form for GFC and Raiders having been kind of both 
looking fairly relegation threatened at one point or certainly at the turn of the year um they're both now in kind of red hot form uh, gfc back at home gareth and raiders away uh, yeah, GFC um, welcome Hamworth Villa to Foots Lane on Saturday at one thirty, and uh, coming off the back of an excellent 3-1 win away at Ashworth Town last week, and that was without Ross Allen. Um, he was feeling a bit sore after a very busy end of January for GFC, but he's back in the back in the squad for for this uh, game, so that would be... Uh, That'll be another big home game for GFC and hopefully they get a good crowd down there because they've, they've been playing really well recently. They've been certainly worth watching. So um, fingers crossed that they can keep that form going. Yeah, the games have been terrific, haven't they? Goals galore. Uh, lots of wins in recent times at home. So yeah, do get down there and support mm. if you can. Yeah, no no pressure on Ross, Matt Loring and Charlton Govine, but they don't seem to stop scoring at the moment. <laughs> so um, hopefully they, at least a couple of them can keep that going this weekend. Um, and they're back at home as well on Wednesday night, aren't they, against the league leaders? Yeah, Chertsey are the, are the visitors on um, on Valentine's night, as, as it's turned out to be. Um, I think that was a rearranged game, so that'll be a, a big... That's almost one where you can perhaps... That's a bit of a, a, a no-lose situation for GFC, because you know, Chertsey are now... I think they're about six or seven points clear at the top. They've really pulled away of, of late, and uh, they're obviously... They're the team that Tony Vance, sort of several months ago, basically suggested that they would be champions of this division. He, he thought they were probably the best side around, so... Um, yeah, that would be a really interesting game. And it'd be great to have a good crowd down for that one because, yeah, if, if Guernsey FC were to get anything against Chertsey, that would be a, a really good result for them. Yeah, what better place to spend Valentine's evening? <laughs> I'll, uh... It's all right for us single fellows, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd be able to persuade any girls to go there. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be pitching it hard this weekend. Um, what about Raiders? They're away, aren't they? Yeah, Raiders uh, are in the battle of the. They're in the battle of the Raiders because Worthing also use that moniker. But um, yeah, um, Guernsey have, have yet to lose this year. They've won three on the bounce, and they had a really good win at Old Albanians last week, thirty-nine twenty-six. On a on a day they were missing several players because it was a rearranged game. And they also had, they suffered a couple of injuries during that game as well, so that made the result even more uh, impressive. Really, um, the good news is, um, as of today, Touchwood, um, Tom Teasdale, and Anthony Armstrong passed their fitness test to play again this week, having sort of strained in muscles last week. But they're back, and also uh, Lewis Hillier, Sam Boyland, and Dale Rutledge all return, having missed last week. So um, Worthing directly below uh, Guernsey in the table. Uh, they're nine points behind. So um, it should be a, a very close game, but also one which I think Raiders will, or Guernsey Raiders will fancy their chances of, of keeping their winning run going. Yeah, they're now sort of eyeing well, top half, you know, eventually maybe to sort of reel in. I mean, maybe getting ahead of ourselves there, but um, good opportunity to get well, yeah, four or five more points on the board. Yeah, they. I mean, they want the the highest they've ever finished in sort of level four is ninth, I think. So they're looking at the possibility of reaching eighth, which would be a great result, sort of considering the difficulties they had earlier on in the campaign. But that's certainly not out of the question now because they've got a game in hand on the three teams above them, and they're all within sort of like one win, so to speak. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a definite possibility, but. Um, yeah, Raiders will just sort of take it one game at a time because you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves having, like you say, Tony, been recently sort of like yeah. threatened by relegation. So uh, you don't want, to, don't want to get too optimistic. Yeah, let's not get overexcited. <laughs> uh, Jamie, quickly, where are you going to be this weekend? I'm going to be at the FNB cross-country series finale. Uh, yeah, it's looking very open. Um, there's a bit of misfortune because we've had a few injuries amongst like their front runners or people are just focusing on other things. So effectively... It's a case of who turns up as to who takes the title. So Lee Marion would have been the series leader, but he's unfortunately been a bit injured. So his absence would really like, yeah, open up a men's race. 
I think, yeah, I think the woman's title is looking a bit more predictable given how strong Nick's petty has been this season. But yeah, it's, yeah, this is all taking place at the home farm and it should just be a nice way to end the season. Yeah, good stuff. Bit rain around as well, so I'm sure it'll be uh, interesting conditions up there. <laughs> That's what you want. Um, yes. Two more things to talk about hockey and boxing. Uh, yeah, we've got up the back page of Friday's paper, um, the Channel Islands team, um, for the first time coming together to box uh, under that badge. Um, I think six Guernsey fighters um, joining their counterparts from Jersey um, for a night uh, up in Liverpool. Um, so best of luck to them. And we'll have some reaction to that. And uh, Gareth, just a quick word on the hockey because uh, yeah, Guernsey's over 35s women straight back into it. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround for them. They um, they deservedly won 1-0 last week against Hampstead and Westminster. I mean, 1-0 makes it sound perhaps a bit closer than it was because Guernsey were definitely the better side. Uh, they just, um, they came up against a very good goalkeeper to be fair. Um, whereas they they restricted the visitors to very few chances. So they certainly deserve to go through, but it was Lucy Waldron who got the only goal of that game. And yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. They're hosting St Albans uh, on Sunday at one o'clock at the Guernsey Hockey Club. So that's in the last 16 of that tier one competition. So it's uh, another big game. And then uh, it will soon be um, the men's turn in, in the senior competition that will be uh, a week later yeah it's business end isn't it of the hockey season for sure um right well thanks very much guys i think we'll probably leave it there um covered a few sports this week and there'll be plenty to read in the paper uh, of course uh, over the weekend and into next week um rounding up all of that and uh, yeah if you're enjoying these podcasts that is the best way um to support what we're doing in fact the best way to to keep track of what's going on in local sport is to pick up a copy of the Guernsey press six days a week um so do that Follow us on social media as well, at GSY Press Sport is the place to go. Um, and yeah, our thanks uh, as ever to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. We'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.